she knew very little, and I didn't know very much. As we went through the Bible studies, everything we came to, state of the dead, Sabbath, or whatever, if I could show her in the Bible, she just instantly, if it was in the Bible, she accepted it. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways, all the way down to small, everyday things. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week with I have with me Daryl. He goes to my church and he shared his testimony at church like a month or so ago. And I said, do you want to share it on our podcast too? And he said, sure, he would. So I'll say a prayer and then you guys can get to know him a little. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you for this opportunity um, that we get to come together and that we get to share a testimony about what you've done in Daryl's life and the big ways and the small ways that you've worked and that's all brought him here to this place. Um, Please be with the words that we speak and just send your Holy Spirit to be with us and the people that listen to this. Amen. Amen. All right, Daryl, where are you from? I was born in Salmon, Idaho in 1938. And um, uh, I raised, I was raised uh, by a stepfather. I had four stepfathers and my father. And so uh, I have quite a diverse background. So anyway, uh, basically always lived in the country mm-hmm. and uh, always had sheep and cows and Anyway, so I'm a country boy. Yep. that's I like it that way. <laughs> Grew up out of town, too. I don't know what I would do in town without animals. <laughs> Gives you something to do. All right, so did you grow up in a religious home? Did you grow up a Christian? <clears throat> I need to go back and give you just a little bit of history. All right. My mother came out of a family of 14 children. Wow. No religion at all. Oh, My wow. granddad was an atheist. And <clears throat> when she was about eight years old, there was an elderly lady living about a mile away, and it was in the summer that they asked her if she would come down during the day and stay with this lady in case she fell or needed help or whatever, she could run and get help. And then some of the family would come and spend the night with the lady. And so through that one summer, this lady was a Seventh-day Adventist, and she talked to my mother, who had no religious background whatsoever. Mm. And so when my mother grew up and, and those kids came along, and she decided that she ought to be taking us to church, the only church she knew to take us to was the St. Edmunds Church. Mm. So that's where she took you guys? That's where she took us. And um, <clears throat> I was about five, maybe six years old when I went to church the first time. Wow. And so through the years, we moved a lot. Mm -hmm. My dad worked in the mines in in, uh, uh, northern Idaho. And uh, we'd go back to Salmon and he'd herd sheep for a year or two. And then we'd go back. He'd be mining at Mullen, Idaho or somewhere else. And his lungs would bother him. And then we'd move again. So, So we... We'd go to church, and then we'd move, and we wouldn't sometimes for months mm-hmm. or even maybe a year or two. Oh, wow. So it was really on again, off again, all through. Yeah. Um, and when we finally moved to Kuski, Idaho, uh, I was eighth grader, and I, we lived there the whole time until I was through high school. Oh, wow. So that was my longest Your stay. longest stay somewhere. In, in yeah. A, in a place. And um, so we hadn't been in church for probably a year. Mm-hmm. And one morning my mother said, uh, you kids get ready. We're going to church. And I grew up with a half-brother and a half-sister. Mm-hmm. And are you the oldest? I'm the oldest okay. uh, on both sides. Oops. I have a half-brother, two half-brothers and two half-sisters on my dad's side. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest. And so we... We got ready and uh, started for church, and we lived up Clear Creek out of uh, Kuski. Mm-hmm. 
And when we came down on what they used to call the toll road just before you get into Kuski. So anyway, we were headed to church and we just, just got on the toll road. And my mother slammed the brakes on and uh, said, look. And, and so my half-brother, half-sister and I looked up and here was an angel standing on the top of that ridge. Oh, wow. Just as plain as could be. And it was just looking down at us, and we must have sat there for at least 30, 40 seconds or maybe more. We just we were just looking. Yeah. And then it just faded away. And at that point, right then, I made up my mind. I was just an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. That when I got old enough to become married and start my own home, I wanted a Seventh-day Adventist Christian home. Mm. And as I continue in my story here, you know, it didn't change my life right at that moment a lot. Mm-hmm. But it was something that was always in my mind that, that and the reason, the reason I say this is I lived with my grandparents um, different times, you know, sometimes for a whole year. Mm-hmm. My my brother, half-brother, had ruptured appendix, almost died, and he was oh, wow. in the hospital for months. And they sent me down to Salmon to stay with my grandparents. And uh, they, they had 14 children, and I never, ever saw them sit down and have a conversation. Mm. Ever. Oh, wow. My granddad would say, you got your grocery list, because he'd go to Grangeville to get the groceries. My grandma maybe only went to town once a year. Oh, wow. Or pass the salt or whatever. Mm -hmm. Never saw them ever have a conversation. Wow. And I just thought, I don't want a home like that. No, where you just live together, where you don't talk to each other. Yeah. Mm -mm. And um, my grandmother... Uh, got up at four o'clock every morning. Never, never had indoor plumbing. Always had to cook on a wood cook stove. And I can remember her in the summer, you know, just perspiring and canning and and uh, and <clears throat> one morning I I wasn't feeling good, so I got up and went in the house. First time I ever saw her with her hair down and below her waist. Oh wow! And. Uh, she was reading her Bible. Mm. And so she, it's the only, the only moment she had in, in the whole day was about 4 to 4.30 when she could do what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe in her heart she was a Christian, but she could never, ever say anything or express uh-huh. it in any way because granddad would just... <laughs> Get mad yeah. because he's an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, um, so that's why I didn't want that kind of a home. Mm -hmm. So backing up, um, my mother married when she was 15. I was born when she just barely turned 16. When I was two months old, my dad uh, got up one morning, kissed her goodbye, and went to work. He had bought all the all the groceries for the entire winter because his work was seasonal. Yeah. And everything was fine. This this is all what I was told, so yeah. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh, he went to work, and when he came home, my mother had taken every bit of that food out of the house, out in the yard, 50-pound sacks of flour, 50-pound oh, no. sacks of oatmeal, canned goods. And she took an axe and just cut everything to pieces, <gasps> smashed the food, oh, no. and, and left with me. <gasps> and oh, so um, when I got to be about a year old, or maybe a little older, my dad went back out on Kirtley Creek where she was staying with her parents again kidnapped me, kind of beat up on a couple of my uncles to get it done, <laughs> and, and took me away. And, and of course, the police were sent after him. And, oh. and so he brought me back, mm-hmm. and the police said, you know, it would probably be better if you just stayed away. 
And so I never knew my real dad until, mm. and that's way, way later in my story. Yeah. But <clears throat> anyway, my mother um, raised me and everybody in the family, she made everybody in the family swear secrecy that Art was my real dad. Oh. And when I was four, five years old, I just knew it that was not my dad. Mm -hmm. I I just sensed it. Mm -hmm. And he'd try to pick me up and I wouldn't let him because he wasn't my dad. Yeah. In my thinking. And I can I can remember um my mother, you know, I, I heard her say to him, How come you never pick up Daryl? And he said, I try, but he won't let me. And so it was after I graduated from high school that I finally told my mother that I knew that was not my dad. Oh, wow. And she had, didn't have a clue. Yeah. So uh, I'll give them more details on that a little later. So anyway, so growing up, um, I was in church, out of church, in church, out of church. And I started dating a sophomore girl. I'd just graduated from high school and uh, out of out of stites and uh, so as we dated um after we dated about and she came out of a home with no religion mm. zero and so after we dated for uh, about a year i said uh, and by then we were kind of spasmatically going to church and not going to church yeah kind of like how you how do you Kind of the same way you'd grown up then. Yeah, 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 pretty much the same. And so I asked her one day, I said, would you like to go to church with me? And she said, sure. So we came down to Kamei, and it's in that old Kiwanis building right there by the grocery store oh, on okay. Highway 12. That's where we was having church. And first time she'd ever been basically in a church. I think they might have taken her once or twice you know, like Christmas to a Christmas program or mm -hmm. something, you know, the church had. But. And that Sabbath was communion Sabbath. Oh. And we had a spot up along the, the Clearwater River that it was our spot to stop and talk, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so after every date, we'd pull up there and We'd talk about our date and, you know, and just just have a good conversation. And Yeah. So she didn't say a word from Cami. I clear through Kuski and up. <laughs> <laughs> so she went through the foot washing and the, well, she the didn't, bread. She didn't take part. Okay, but, but she, she washed. observed. Yeah. And so we, we pulled over and, and must have sat there for maybe 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I didn't say a word. She didn't say a word. And pretty soon she said, you know, I don't think I probably want to go to church with you again. <laughs> she said, washing people's feet, just. And so I took the Bible, opened it up, and showed her. And the minute she read it, she says, oh, no problem. Mm. And she explained to her that's not every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we uh, talked. We had yeah. A, yeah, it's, you know, four times a year, basically. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> She was that way with every single thing as we dated. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter what it was. <clears throat> so we dated for um, through her sophomore year, junior year, senior year, and uh, in June that summer we got married. So three and a half years Aww. we dated. Mm -hmm. And I was going to college in Lewiston, and so I'd hitchhike home every weekend. Oh, wow. And there was five of us boys that stayed together in this house. All of us so poor. When I graduated in 1957, we had no indoor plumbing. Oh, wow. Um, most of my life up to that point, we had no electricity. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and the other guys came out of families very similar to that. Mm -hmm. They lived up on Tail Ridge and different places. And so... Uh, I'd hitchhike home 
so I could date my my girlfriend. Yeah. I just put on my school sweater and start walking. I never thumbed, and they'd see I had a college sweater on, and people just picked me up. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have to hitchhike. <laughs> mm. So anyway, I had a dime that I used for three and a half years. At that time, they had pay telephones. You know, the telephone booths that sat on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And so I we, we had a agreement among, among us when I'd get there sometime Friday evening, depending on how my rides worked out, uh-huh. I'd go to the payphone, call her number, let it ring twice and hang up. And I'd get my dime back. <laughs> <laughs> and she would and then, know it was you. And then and then she would call that phone number of that phone booth. Mm-hmm. And so I used that same dime three and a half years. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We were poor. (laughs) It worked, though. (laughs) Yeah, it worked. So as we we continued to date, and her her dream, and she told me from just a little girl that she just always wanted an engagement ring from whoever she planned to marry. Uh Uh-huh. And so... um, When she became a senior, I bought her an engagement ring. Oh. And she was so proud of that. Her senior picture, she has it on with her hands up, you know, so you can see yeah, it. Yeah, so you can see it. Oh. So anyway, um, we started taking Bible studies in Orfino mm-hmm. with the pastor. The pastor then did Orfino and Camii. Okay, yeah. And that was all. And so we, as she was a senior, we started taking Bible studies. Well, <clears throat> she she knew very little, and I didn't know very much. Yeah, you know because you'd gone off and on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so as we went through the Bible studies, everything we came to—state of the dead, Sabbath, or whatever—if I could show her in the Bible, and and of course in in the study, you know. And so we, we'd talk about each one of these after we'd, you know, met with the pastor. Mm-hmm. She just instantly, if it was in the Bible, she accepted it. Mm-hmm. It was just, just that simple. And so we, we had to practice for our wedding a month ahead because the pastor had to be at camp meeting. And they, and they used to go for a whole week then. And then he was going on vacation and so he wanted to finish the Bible studies before he, you know, because mm-hmm. he was going to be gone till just about two or three days before we got married. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so guess what the final Bible study was on? I don't know. It was on dress, jewelry. Oh. And back in those days, see, this was still 19, well, it was 1960. Mm-hmm. And in those days, um, in in the church, um, the wedding band was usually not involved in in the ceremony. That's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. And so we had to go to Orfino for the studies. And so that last study finished, and we drove from Orfino to Kamii to Kuski and up to our parking spot. Not a word. She was totally silent. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled over and must have must have sat there for 25 minutes or so. Oh, wow. And finally she just stuck her hand out and she said, take it off. Oh. And then she cried for about half an hour. <laughs> oh. Oh. Then she gets home. And see, her parents were very opposed to... Um, me taking to church on her on Saturday because they didn't go to church, but right after we got married, they they started going to a Sunday keeping church oh, okay. just to show us that yeah I guess that they were as good as we were I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway when she got home and her dad the next day saw that wedding or that engagement ring was gone it made him so angry to think that that you know she she wouldn't be married with a ring oh because i'd also bought her the wedding ring Mm -hmm. he kicked her out of the house she had to come and live at our house for two weeks oh no yeah wow and so 
we didn't know till the day of our wedding whether her parents would be there. Oh. They were they were very very upset. Mm-hmm. But um, they showed up, and uh, the pictures we have of of our wedding. Uh, there's no smiles from her parents and so on. Mm-hmm. They they were not happy. And uh, so we walked out on the porch of the little church there in Orfino. It was, it's not the one they have now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, her, her dad walked out and he said uh, two things. He said, I give your... Your your marriage six months. Oh wow! And I'll never step foot inside of a Seventh Adventist church again. Oh wow! And so, <clears throat> uh, three days after we were married, we had already had arranged to go back to Orfino and get baptized, both of us. Mm-hmm. And then we went up on uh, a Forest Service lookout, Woodrat Lookout, up here on the on the Clearwater River. Mm-hmm. And so that was our honeymoon. Oh, that's fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it was 45 feet in the air. And, yeah, lived in this little 12 by 12. Oh. Nice, nice picture windows. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, and, and, and the, the day before we were to leave the lookout, her dad finally came up. And not very happy, but he did come up. And because we were moving, the minute we came down to Elgin, Oregon, and I was going to start teaching school. Okay. And so that was that was his goodbye, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were married for a little over a year, and we decided we wanted to start a family. And so um, my wife got pregnant, and and uh, this was the very first grandchild. Uh, you know, okay, yeah. we, we were the first ones to get. And so her mother came over and, um, about a week ahead and stayed so she could be there for the birth. My mother was there. This was in, in uh, we lived in uh, Elgin. Okay. And our kids were all born in, all three of my kids were born in La Grande, Oregon. So. But <clears throat> anyway, I can, I can remember the two mothers standing. See, they were, oh, the other thing, I need to back up just a little bit. Okay. We also decided when we got married that we were be going to be vegetarian. Mm. Well, her dad raised cattle. Oh. And and so, and, and I grew up on meat and she grew up on meat. Uh-huh. And so <clears throat> we decided we were going to be vegetarian. Well, we'd go back to visit after we were married. You know, mm-hmm. we'd go back for Thanksgiving and Christmas and whatever and we wouldn't eat any meat mm-hmm. and that we were wrong we should have eaten a little bit mm-hmm. just because that so they were they were just convinced that we were going to have the scrawniest skinniest little baby that it was ever born oh because it wasn't going to have the nutrition it needed mm-hmm. you know Carrots and broccoli wasn't going to do it. <laughs> of course not. That's how people are around here. Uh. So anyway, so here stood the two mothers. And there was about five babies in that little nursery. Mm-hmm. And uh, my oldest daughter, she had the roundest little cheeks and just, I mean, and I'm not bragging just because it was my baby. But yeah. The nurses, everybody said, that is the most beautiful baby. Oh, and, and she wasn't a scrawny little thing. No. no. And so here stood these two mothers, and 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 uh, my wife's mother would say, I just don't understand why that baby looks so good. <laughs> and my mother would say, healthful eating, healthful food. I just don't understand. <laughs> well, when, when my wife headed for the hospital, why my... You know, her dad was still up here on the South Fork of the Clearwater, up here toward the other side of Stites, between there and Harpster. And mm-hmm. So by the time he got over there, why, the baby was born. <clears throat> and when he walked up to the nursery and looked in, the tears just ran. Aww. That man changed instantly. Oh, wow. I became his favorite son-in-law. <gasps> wow. And before that, Oh, when when we were dating, 
you didn't leave the house till he told you you could. So mm -hmm. I'd go to pick her up, and he'd be sitting there reading the paper or whatever, and he'd wait till he knew whatever it was, if we were going to a basketball game or a movie or whatever we were going to, mm -hmm. we'd be late. Oh. And then he'd put the paper down and he'd say, well, if you're going, you better get going. Mm. But you didn't leave till that happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the change was just, yeah. just unbelievable. He'd, made, he'd yeah. made everything hard for you. Now, yeah. now he came around and liked you. So that, 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 was, that was really neat. Yeah, and, and you know, from then on, we we did have a really good relationship, and and um, he gave all of us son-in-laws uh, a rifle. He had a lot of guns, and he gave me, he said, his best. Aww. <laughs> and so anyway, um, so backing up again, when I was a sophomore in high school. I turned 16, and you could go to work for the Forest Service at 16. Mm -hmm. So I started working on the Forest Service in the summer, and then I'd go back to my junior year and work in the summer, go back for my senior year, and so on. Yeah. And so I'd been working uh, on the Forest Service, and <clears throat> after I'd graduated as a senior, one day, a new man, that we'd, we were staying in a brush camp up on Smith Creek, up the Clearwater River there, and a new guy came to work, and we kind of ended up by ourselves over in a little draw where, and we were piling limbs and stuff after they'd logged, mm -hmm. you know, and then they'd burn it in the fall or winter when the fire danger was down. And so this new man and I ended up by ourselves over there, and all of a sudden he just stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, I'm married to your grandmother, and she would love to see you. Now, this was my real dad's mother. Oh. She lived right here in Kamii, and oh, wow. I was in Kuski. And, and my real dad was working up on the Locksaw River. He was he made posts and poles. and oh, Wow, so and, not very far away. No, and he came to the football games I played in. Never revealed himself. Basketball games, track meets. Um, I was very involved in sports in, in high school. Um, I went to the state two years in high hurdles and got fourth place in the state of Idaho. Oh, wow. So, and I high jumped over six feet. I broad jumped over about 23 feet. And oh, wow. I was pretty athletic. Yeah. <laughs> Those days are gone. <laughs> oh. And so anyway... Um, I found out his name was Tom, mm -hmm. and, and he went by a nickname, Hacksaw. Do you okay. know what a hacksaw is? Yeah. You, you know, you cut metal with it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and when, he was, when he was in Salmon, somebody wanted to get a hold of him, and they couldn't remember his name, so they drew a picture of a hacksaw on the envelope, Oh. and he got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so anyway, so... So I went home that night, and mm -hmm. I told my mother, I said, uh, I said, a new guy came to work today. And she says, oh. I said, he's from Salmon. And she said, oh. Mm -hmm. And I said, his name is Tom. And she turned as white as a sheet. Oh, no. She said, sit down. I've got something to tell you. And I said, before you say anything, I want you to listen. I said, I've known ever since I was four or five years old that Art was not my dad. And she couldn't believe it. Oh, wow. She could not believe it. Well, then she told me all kinds of things about him, which was not true. Mm, about your real dad? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> see, and, and, and my mother was married five times mm -hmm. and I I couldn't understand I remember when I was about a junior maybe a senior in high school uh, you know my mother would when she was when she was sweet she was the sweetest person you could be around and mm -hmm. she could just flip instantly mm -hmm. and she would just be a bitter bitter person and I, I can remember my stepdad, sometimes he'd come home from work. He worked in the mill right here in Kamii. He'd come home from work, and everything he owned would be laying in the yard, his clothes, his everything. 
She oh, just wow. throw it out. Oh wow! And then she may not speak to him for maybe two months. Oh, She'd sit wow. at the table and eat with her back to him. And then all of a sudden, she was just sweet as she could be again. And so he asked me one day. He said, "He said, Daryl, can you talk to your mother?" He said, "I I can't live this way, mm-hmm. you know." And uh, he said, "You know, when you kids are all through high school, he said, I'm going to have to leave." And um, she actually left him. Mm-hmm. But um, so as as we you know, continued to to work our way through high school and, and so on. Um, our home was not a happy home. Mm-hmm. You know, we had no indoor plumbing. I mean, it was it was just we were we were really poor. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had uh, we had another daughter and, and a son. There, uh, one of the daughters is in Lewiston and. And one's in Walla Walla, and the son's in Athena, just out of Walla Walla. And so um, I, I taught school then for 25 years. And um, we, we sent all of our kids to, to church school. And, and, uh, and then we moved to Pendleton. And uh, I taught there nine years, and my wife got got sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up with ovarian cancer. Oh. And so I quit teaching in 1987 and spent that last year with her. And she lasted about a year, and then she passed away. Mm. And so... Um, then I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, a friend of mine said, come to Salmon, get over here. That's about two weeks after my wife had passed away. He said, I want to get you away. Because I spent the last month sleeping on the cot right beside her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I was so tired. Even my bones were tired because you were woke up all the time. Yeah. Nurses coming and going and... And uh, so I went over, and this good friend of mine, he'd planned a trip starting at Great Falls, Montana, to canoe down the Missouri River over 100 miles. Oh, wow. So we spent a full week doing that. Oh, and wow. uh, so anyway, that's, um, that's that part of my story. And then I... Uh, while I was still teaching in Boise, I taught in Boise four years, I, I got a, a letter from my Aunt Lucy. Um, <clears throat> when I was in the second grade, I was living with my grandparents. We were clear up the headwaters of Kirtley Creek. Um, and we had to go by horse and wagon or horse and sleigh down to the old Kirtley Creek schoolhouse, which was several miles by horse and wagon or horse and sleigh in the winter mm-hmm. so we missed a lot of school because my granddad was always breaking horses mm. and he'd put a tame one on with a wild one and <laughs> and my uncle my uncle dewey was in the seventh grade mm-hmm. my aunt lucy was in the fifth grade and i was in the second grade and he'd send us kids off okay so you weren't very far apart in age from your no my she was more of a sister oh wow and dewey was more of a brother than mm-hmm. than an uncle and we had runaways and, and uh, uh, oh, just be slick and snowy and a horse would fall down and get tangled up. And we'd get down there and the school bus would only wait so long. And if mm-hmm. we didn't show up, why it left. There was an old barn there that we'd put the horses in during the day and give them some feed. Mm-hmm. So I missed a lot of school. So I had to, uh, I tell people I really like my second grade teacher. That's why I took it twice. <laughs> But it really wasn't that. I just, I just plain failed. <laughs> just couldn't show up. <laughs> I do have a report card that has an F plus on it. I've never seen an F plus on anyone's report card. <laughs> they, they, it seemed like they failed me, but they really didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so anyway, and so um, when when I was teaching in Boise, 
well, after I after I dated my first wife for about a year, I told her I said Art's not my dad, mm. and I said you know just keep it to yourself, and and so she knew, mm-hmm. and but she she you know. When we got married, she kept saying, you need to look up your dad. Mm -hmm. You need to look up your dad. And she was, you know, she just felt like I needed to. Well, I didn't know, you know. You didn't know why he hadn't been in your life? Well, I didn't at that point. Mm -hmm. But... You know, you 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 assume that he's remarried, and maybe he maybe whoever he's married to now didn't know that he was ever married before. You don't know. Yeah, you, yeah. Because uh, uh, you can upset a whole family situation. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I I stalled and I stalled and. Well, we got a letter from from my aunt Lucy, and she, she, see, I didn't even know what my last name was. I didn't know how to look up my dad. Oh wow, yeah. Because I was, I I was, you know, I'd never seen my birth certificate. Oh. And so I didn't know. I well, I knew I wasn't, you know, my stepdad's mm-hmm. son, but I didn't know whose son I was. Yeah. And so, so she then told in that letter. You know, my my stepdad went by a nickname, Tinsey. Mm-hmm. His name was really Dorland, and so <clears throat> so she she told me or told us in that letter that he was living out at Bruno, out of Mountain Home. Mm-hmm. Bruno is just one little cafe, and I don't know if there's a gas station. There's no grocery store out mm-hmm. there, or didn't used to be anyway. And uh, but his address was just general delivery. And so, um, this is your stepdad or your real dad? This was my real dad. Okay. This was my real dad. And so we get up one Sunday morning and we had a little Volkswagen bug and my oldest daughter was in Jim State Academy, Mm -hmm. a freshman. And so there was just my daughter, Nita, and my son, Michael. And she said, we are going to Bruno. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. and i thought oh no no i don't want to go to bruno (laughs) Uh. so we we head off for bruno go down the mountain home and turn and go out to bruno and there was no place to pull up to except the cafe because um, my dad's address was just general delivery he just picked it up at the post office because he he traveled he he was a government trapper in the wintertime. Okay. And he did construction, road construction and stuff in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Run heavy equipment and so on. So we pull up in front of this cafe and and my wife says, get out, go in. Well, first of all, when I, uh, you know, I was thinking, well, how am I going to get out of this? But I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I go in and this waitress comes up and she says, uh, can I help you? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, I'm looking for Dorland Carmen. And she said, well, I've only been here for a week and a half. I moved out of Portland oh. <laughs> to get out of the... <laughs> yeah. And she said, but there was, there was about eight or nine guys. You know, in these little towns, the farmers and so on, they'll get together in the morning mm-hmm. and have a little talk and coffee Mm-hmm. And before they go off to put up hay or whatever they're doing, yeah, and that's that's the way it was. They here they were, and I thought, oh, any one of those could be my dad. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she said, uh, she says no, and she says I I don't know. She says I she says maybe maybe somebody there does. And I said, oh no no that's okay. <laughs> so I go back out and get in the car and uh-huh. I tell my wife. I said, well I don't know. She doesn't know. And about then I was ready to back out. And yeah. She taps on the window and. And yeah. I thought, oh, oh no, no, he is in there. My wife says, go back in. Uh-huh. So I went in, and she said, he's not here, but this guy knows where he lives. Oh. And so he told us which road to go out. It was about four miles out of town and what it looked like and which side of the road it was on. Mm-hmm. And so I was driving the little Volkswagen bug, and I went right on by <laughs> about as fast as it would go. I got about a mile beyond, my wife says, okay, turn around. No. Because I told her what we were looking for, and, and but I went right on by. Yeah. So when we came back, 
I could see behind the house and here was three men standing by a pickup. And I thought, oh, there's a neighbor there or somebody and this is not good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I followed orders. I turned in, uh -huh. knocked on the door and this lady came to the door and I said, uh, I said, I'm looking for Dorlin Carmen. Oh, follow me. And she just took off. It didn't give me a chance to say anything. Oh, no. <laughs> so we go around the house. And and here's two guys facing me and one leaning over putting something in the back of the pickup. Uh-huh. And I I looked at the two guys and I, they were too young. I knew they were not my dad. Mm -hmm. And I was up almost as close as I am to you here, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe another two or three feet away when he stood up and turned around. And the lady that took me around there was my stepmother. Okay. Millie. Mm-hmm. And uh she said, Tinsy, there's somebody here to see you. And he immediately says, I know, that's my son, Daryl. <gasps> oh, my. You know? Yeah, because he had already known because he'd been going to your track yeah. meets. See, oh. my, one of my mother's sisters always kept him informed of, oh. of, of everything. Mm -hmm. um, when I lost my arm, I lost it at nine, eight, nine years of age and um, with gangrene. And so... So he knew all about me. And my half-brothers and my half-sisters on my dad's side knew that they had a half-brother somewhere. Mm -hmm. But my dad says, you'll meet him someday. But he says, that's all I'm going to tell you. Oh. We'll, just, we'll just let it work out. Mm -hmm. And so, so they invited us in. They drug out pictures. We had dinner. Uh, just, just a super good visit. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, so it was just before Christmas break. And so my, and, and the other two guys, one was my, my youngest half brother on my dad's side, Eddie. Okay. And, and the other one was Bill married to my sister Juanita. Oh. So, so those were the two guys and they were just getting ready to go out. Uh, on trap lines uh, in northern Nevada there on, on Blue Creek. Okay. And um, so after we visited and everything, um, we went back to Boise. Mm -hmm. And uh, prior to us going down there, my wife, once she found out what my last name was mm -hmm. in the letter, she got got the Boise phone book to just see if there was any Carlins in that vicinity. And she found Steve Carlin. Mm -hmm. So she called him up. That's before we went down. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, she said, uh, I'm looking for Darlin Carlin. And there was a big pause because nobody called my dad Darlin. Uh -huh. He was either Tinsy or, or mostly Tinsy, mm -hmm. which just was a nickname, or Don. And uh, he was really. He, he said, "Why do you want to? Why do you want to see him?" And my wife just hedged on it. She didn't really yeah. say what the deal was. And so when we got, when we left. My dad was on the phone mm -hmm. before we could drive from Mountain Home to Boise. He had called Beverly. He'd called Juanita. He'd called uh, Eddie. He'd uh, well, Eddie was there. He he knew, but Steve. He'd called Steve in Boise, and so Juanita flew down the next day from up north of Spokane up wow. by Coeur d'Alene. Flew down to Boise. My mother went up and picked her up. And uh, so within just hours, I, I met my half-sisters, half-brothers, and, and everything. Oh, wow. And it was just just neat. Aww. So, you know, it turned out really good. Come to find out, Millie and my mother um, went to the same little country school where we left the horses when we were you know, catching oh. the bus. Um, Kirtley Creek Schoolhouse, there was the Johnsons with 14 kids. Oh, wow. There was the Blacks with 12 kids. Mm -hmm. There were the Whitings, and his wife had died, and her husband had died. And so um, 
when they married, mm-hmm. they had they had kids from his side, kids from her side, and then they had their kids. There was twenty two kids. Oh my goodness! And that made up the Curtly Chris Schoolhouse. Oh, that's a lot of kids, though. <laughs> wow, wow. And, and so, so they had been just best of friends, mm-hmm. Millie and my mother. Oh, okay. But you know, when my real dad married Millie, and my mother had already married my stepdad. Mm-hmm. But when Millie married my real dad, my mother would see her coming down the, mm-hmm. the sidewalk. She'd cross the street. She never would talk to Millie. Oh, You know, I mean, that was just... And as time went on and, and so on, I think my mother was bipolar, mm. you know. And and bipolar, you know, you're you're okay one day and you're not the next. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just sure, because when she was nice, she was really nice. When she was not nice, she was not really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. And so and so, your real dad was? Did he was he a Christian? Was no there? no no so there, he wasn't Christian either. No, um, um, Millie and and. Um, uh, came out of a Mormon family. Okay. But she never went to went went to church. Um, she does have a sister that was up here at Three Rivers. Okay. Running that for a number of years. Who was a Sunday Adventist? Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was that connection. So so they said, well, you come back just the minute you're through with you know for your Christmas break, and we'll go out to the hunting camp, and we'll have you know a week to just really get acquainted. Mm-hmm. So school is out, I get in the pickup, and I head for Bruno, and I get to Mountain Home, and I was so nervous, I stopped and threw up oh. right on the highway. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just, oh, you know. So we get down, well, we get down to Bruno, mm-hmm. and, and Melly was just putting the groceries together because we'd be out there for a week. Uh-huh. And she said, okay, she said, this is for the guys. This is this is bacon. This is beef bacon. This is for you. <laughs> they oh. knew I was a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh. And with her sister being a Seventh-day Adventist, she knew uh, yeah. a lot about our, you know, mm-hmm. our, our eating habits and so on. Yeah. So she made sure that I had, Aww. you know. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we get out there, and they had three trap lines out, and... and um, so Bill was going to take one, my dad was going to take one, and they could drive that, and, and the other one, you had to be horseback. Mm-hmm. And so he said, Dad said, okay, I'm going to send you with Eddie, and that was my youngest stepbrother on that side, mm-hmm. half-brother. And uh, so we, we started out. We rode over 30 miles that day, and coyotes, coyote pelts were going for about $125 a piece. Oh, wow. Bobcats were going for $400 a piece. Oh. And that, I mean, he made around $40,000 in the winter just trapping. Wow. Just trapping. Yeah. And so we started out on horseback, and I said, Eddie, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> and because... When I when I went home and told my mother after I'd met, you know, Hacksaw, mm-hmm. she told me my dad was an alcoholic, a woman chaser. Uh, she just went down. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, all times, anything she could say, anything bad, about bad yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I started out and I said, Eddie, my mother told me when I met Dad, your dad, my dad, that Dad was an alcoholic, and Eddie said, "What?" He said, I've seen him drunk one time in my entire life. Oh, wow. I said, okay. I said, uh, my mother told me that he was a woman chaser. And he said, he's been married to my mother for 37 years. Wow. <laughs> he said, <laughs> and everything, everything was just Not, the opposite. Mm. Yeah. And so we we ended up with two bobcats that day and I think three coyotes and and rode 30-some miles and, you know, really got acquainted. Mm-hmm. Eddie lives right down here at Whitebird. Oh, okay. So and, um, and the fact is I, I've been wanting to get him called up and go down and see him. And, and uh, so that was, that was the meeting of my, of my uh, father and stepmother and, and siblings. Mm-hmm. And so right away they, they had a... Um, they waited till about April, and they had a family reunion out of Boise there. And then I got to meet uncles and cousins and 
all kinds of relation, aunts and stuff on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. And you know the thing that bothered me the most? We'd go to, we went to family reunion. They had one every year then for years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, we'd be sitting around the campfire at night and hear my cousins and my half-brothers and and aunts and uncles were talking about when they did this and they did that and they did this and you know as the kids were growing up I was like a stranger mm. I, I couldn't participate and that's when it really hit me that I had missed so much because my mother wouldn't allow me to see my real dad when I was growing up mm. you know yeah and and I was unhappy for a while but you know I I forgave her and and um uh, You know, if you don't, who's it hurt? It hurts me. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, so that's, so that's why um, I, you know, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist because she went at about eight years of old and this lady shared, you know, a child just, just hearing yeah. at eight years of age and, and so it, it's a miracle that yeah. you know that because one summer changed the changed yeah changed the trajectory of not just your mom's life but your life yeah and then and and then you know um, living with my grandparents I saw what I didn't want mm -hmm. in my family and so so it's just little things that God used yeah mm -hmm. seeing that angel mm -hmm. and and you know going through. Going through high school, after I saw that angel, I knew what I wanted, but it didn't bother me at that time to maybe go play basketball on Friday night, go to church Saturday morning, and go to a dance Saturday night. Mm -hmm. You know, because I knew what I wanted when I, you know, and and the and of course then I started dating, uh, you know, Verla, mm -hmm. and it, and it's kind of interesting. Um, she was going with a with another boy, mm -hmm. and he was he was cleaning up at a little sawmill that used to be right there in Kuski. It's not there now. Mm -hmm. And so after after school one day, I was still a senior at that point, and and he said, "Would would you come help me clean up?" He said, "Our family's leaving town for the weekend," and he said, "They want to leave just as soon as I can, you know, get through here." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Sure." So we finished, and he said, here's 25 cents. He said, now I know that her oldest brother will bring her down. They were having a, they were having a, they had a dance that the IOF or the Veterans of Foreign Wars or whatever it was put mm -hmm. on for the high school kids. Oh, cool. About once a month, sometimes twice a month. It was chaperoned. There was no drinking. There was, you know, mm -hmm. you couldn't even pull in the parking lot and not get out of your car and sit out there in the car. They'd come out. Oh say, wow! Either either come in or leave. Wow! So it was it was really, you know, a place for the kids to go and mm -hmm. and um, so he said, I know she'll be there. Would you dance with her and keep the other guys away? He said, Here's twenty five cents. <laughs> oh wow! So we did. Uh huh. And I don't know. It just you know that was I didn't hardly know who she was. Yeah. At that point. Because Stites had their own high school, Kuski had their own high school, uh -huh. but we were together in sports. It was Clearwater Valley. Uh huh. So, you know, I didn't really know who she was. Mm -hmm. And by the time that evening was over, Monday morning, she broke up with the other guy. We started dating, dated three and a half years, and got married. Oh, <laughs> oh that's great. Oh. So you got paid to get a wife. <laughs> and and the and the neat thing, I have a friend here, Larry McPherson, that mm -hmm. lived on Clear Creek when we did. Mm -hmm. He was best man in my wedding, I was best man in his wedding. But we were down here at Kamei to at a basketball game, and of course Kamei sat on one side and we weren't friends. Mm -hmm. You know, how yeah. these little towns. And so he was looking across at the Kamei side and he saw this red-headed girl over there. He just kept looking. And finally, he said, uh, I'm going to write a note. So he wrote this note. And he said, here's 10 cents. Take this note over to her. And I said, 
they'll beat up on me over there. <laughs> he says, wait till halftime when they're going, you know, mm-hmm. to get popcorn and go to the restroom. He said, they won't notice you. So I slipped over there and handed her this note. Oh. They're still married. Oh. And so I tell Larry, I said, I, I tell Larry, I said, you know, I had to pay 25 cents for my wife. Yours is a 10 cent wife. <laughs> Oh, cute. (laughs) So anyway. Oh, that's cute. So do you have other questions? You know, as I I look back in my life, um, you know, it was was so on and off. And and it just, it's just amazing to me how God is patient Mm -hmm. and loving and he woos us. You know, he doesn't force us. He just... And and I look back in my life and, and, you know, and it's like the, the text I used when I gave my, you know, uh, it's uh, Romans 20, verse first half of verse 8. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God. Mm-hmm. Well, back then, and we know, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know enough about God to even feel guilty when I was doing things that, you know, I wouldn't even think of doing today. Yeah. And so what I thought I knew, I didn't know. I I, I did know that, you know, that my stepdad was not my real dad. Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I didn't know my real dad. So so that part of the text, you know, that had to work its way out. Yeah. To them who love, you know, you know, and we know that all things work together for good. Well... <sighs> Losing my arm wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Losing my wife to cancer wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Meeting Anne was really good. You know, um, we've been married 33 years now. And, oh, wow. And uh, things we go through in life, you know, we either learn from it and it draws us closer to God. In some people's lives, it turns them away from God when things happen that they 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 just don't understand how God could let that happen. Yeah. So anyway, I I uh, I'm just so happy that I know and you know I have I have Christ as my savior and yeah. And uh life is good and I'm looking forward to his soon coming. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool though like you're saying like God woos us and just waits for us like um mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not trying to rush our salvation or rush us coming to him, but he waits patiently for the speed that our life is taking us. And yeah. we're on. That's cool, though. But um, did you have any more? Do you want to share like one more short story about what maybe a time that you've really seen God in your life? Or <clears throat> well, yeah, you know, through those years that I was not really living, you know, because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. We used to play bumper car tag. We we from Kamei to Kuski. Uh-huh. We'd be going over a hundred miles an hour, and if you could bump the car bumper in front of you, then oh, no. they were it. Well, we were just topping out that little hill up by the Mormon Church. Uh-huh. Blew a front tire that over a hundred miles an hour. Oh. We were all over that highway. I mean, and I lost several classmates in high school in car wrecks oh wow yeah um so that's one time i just felt like you know the angels <laughs> helped us yeah uh, another nice. another time i was setting chokers up up in the woods mm-hmm. and uh i'd hooked up everything i had one more log to hook up and i always got behind the drag when the cat moved forward mm-hmm. and this one time i thought no it's just a little ways there, and that's kind of a short log. And so I was, I was up near beside the drag. Mm-hmm. We had about eight tr- trees hooked on. <coughs> One of those trees hit a stump, and that log came around, and it just missed my <gasps> head by inches. Oh my if I'd have goodness. been that much farther ahead, I'd, I'd been dead. <gasps> and here again, just something just paused me for that split second. Um, I I packed for thirty years, mm-hmm. packed people into the mountains and stuff, and uh, we'd we'd ridden up on a ridge, my my son-in-law and my daughter and I, and 
And so they took off at a dead gallop. And I always, after I'd ridden a while, I'd check my cinch. And that time I didn't. Oh, no. Going down the hill at a dead run. My saddle turned in under that horse. Oh, no. And I just shot like a like a torpedo. And there was big rocks. And I went right between rocks. I mean, if I'd hit one of them, I'd have been dead. Yeah. And I, I mean... There was, when I went back and looked at it, I mean, there was rock right where I was going, and yet I went around that rock. Oh, wow. Your angel had moved you. Wow. And I just thought, oh. And there was so many times like that that just God, that, had that God you know, spared me. Um, and there's <laughs> others, but I'll just, I'll just leave <laughs> those, okay. those three. That's okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing. That's awesome. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page, that is God is Real, God is Good Podcast, or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good Podcast at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.